Hi, I'm Marty McKenzie with His Love Ministries. Welcome to the Least of These Podcasts. We reach out to those the world has forgotten. If you'd like to know more about us and how you can donate to help us fulfill our mission, go to hisloveministries.net. Thank you very much and God bless you. John chapter 7 this morning. <laughs> There's so much in this chapter and uh, I tell you it, it's uh, amazing to me as I've studied this chapter just how much is in here. The book of John is just so rich. It is just so powerful. John has so many things that he's written in here. Of course all the books of the Bible are that way. It's just so rich. You can spend years just studying one book of the Bible, preaching it every week. But I know one man spent 15 years, I think, or 25 years preaching the book of Romans. That's a little much probably, but uh, I mean, there's the depth to it. And as we've been looking at John chapter 7, and in this whole book, remember the whole book was written and yeah, this is something I really want to talk about this morning. That the whole book was written, John chapter 20, verse 30 and 31. John says, These things, these, he said, Many other signs Jesus did, but these, these signs have been written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, and believing you might have life in his name. As we looked at this book, that the whole reason Jesus came, the whole reason. He was here as he wanted us to know who he is. And he wanted us to trust him and to follow him and to glorify him. And that's why he did the signs and the miracles and the wonders. Those were just something to get us to see deeper into who he was. And even when we get to chapter 7, his brothers are just so saying, go show out. Go show everybody who you are. Go do some more miracles. And because they like the popularity. Pharisees don't like it because he's stealing their their popularity. He tells them, I'm not going to go to the feast yet because my time's not there yet. But then he goes up later and he goes up secretly. And, and then we saw last week at... Uh, he went up in the middle of the feast and he went and he taught and they marveled that he had so much learning of the scriptures and he says he's never been taught by anybody but then Jesus says look if you really want to know my will then seek it really is what he was saying you got to be willing to believe who I, I am who I said I am right and the people basically ignore him and he tells them, you know, that you've, you want to kill me and that 
that I healed a guy on the Sabbath and yet y'all do circumcision. And he says, just don't look at the outside, but look what's really inside of me. In other words, look and see who I really am. And that's what God wants us to do is see who He really is. He wants us to look beyond the people around us and see who they really are. That all of us deep down inside are are helpless and hopeless and hurting without Jesus Christ. And so this morning as we get to verse 25, I want to talk a little bit more about this idea of knowing and seeking. And he says, Now some of them from Jerusalem said, Is this not he whom they seek to kill? But look, he speaks boldly, and they say nothing to him. Do the rulers know indeed that this is truly the Christ? However, we know where this man is from, but when the Christ comes, no one knows where he's from. So I want to I spend just a few minutes on that. Because he, he goes and, and he's preaching boldly and he's teaching. And the rulers, they just really don't know what to do with Jesus. Uh, they've tried to kill him. They've tried to do things. But every time, because it's not his time yet, Jesus slips out of the crowd. Jesus is gone supernaturally. He gets away from them because it's not time for him to go to the cross yet. And these other folks in Jerusalem are like, well, why do they let this guy keep on teaching? Is he really Jesus, the Messiah? Is he really the guy, that the person we seek, the, the one we've been looking for? Because the rulers don't, aren't doing anything about it. And do they know indeed that this is truly the Christ? And then what do they say? However, verse 27, we know where this man is from, but when the Christ comes, no one knows where he is from. And so they say, look, we know this guy. We know who he is. We know where he came from. The Christ, when he comes, nobody's going to know where he's from. And it was this tradition. And I mean, even though the Bible said that, that the Christ would be born in Bethlehem, there was a tradition that said that he would just suddenly appear that he would just all of a sudden be there. And they didn't, they just made it up, I guess. I think they took something from one of the books and where he says the Messiah suddenly appears in his temple. But that was talking about the next time he comes. And, he's, and, and these people are like, well, nobody's going to know where he comes from. But look what it says in verse 28. Then Jesus cried out. I mean, he literally just hollered. I mean, he just yelled out as he taught in the temple saying, You both know me and you know where I'm from. And I have not come of myself, but he who sent me is true, whom you do not know, but I know him, for I am from him, and he sent me. And I got to thinking about this word know. I I meant to count how many times it was in the book of John, but it was about 40, 50, 60 times. It was a lot of times. And, And remember, when you go to the purpose of the book, he says... I have written these things that you may know that Jesus is the Christ, right? And then everybody always, we always think we know best, or we know this, or we know that. And that's what these people are saying. They've said before that we, 
we know who his parents are. And I, I just want to read a few of these. In John chapter 1, verse 10, don't even turn there. I've got these all written out. But he says, He was in the world, and the world was made through him, and the world did not know him. John chapter 1, verse 31, this is John the Baptist. He says, I did not know him, but that he should be revealed to Israel. Therefore I came baptizing with water. Because John was seeking him, God showed him who he was. John chapter 3, verse 2. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. And then Jesus tells him in verse 11, Most assuredly I say to you, we speak what we know. He's talking about the Him and the Holy Spirit and the Father and testify what we have seen and you do not receive our witness. And in chapter 4, verse 42, he says, they said to the woman, Now we believe not because of what you said, for we ourselves have heard Him and we know that this is indeed the Christ, the Savior of the world. John 5, 42, But I know you that you do not have the love of God in you. John 6, 42, Is this not Jesus the son of Joseph, whose mother and father we know. How then does he say that I've come down from heaven? Peter says in 6.69, Also we have come to believe and know that you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And then we get to this section. See, there's so many more, and I could have read 15 more, but I didn't want to drive you crazy. There's so many verses where these people think they know who Jesus is. They have made up their mind. What do you call it uh, when you make up your mind before you ever meet somebody before you really know who they are? But when you look at somebody and you decide before you ever meet them, before you ever know who they are, you don't like them. And you're not going to have anything to do with them. You ever done that before? I know we have. I know I have. But when you look at somebody, and that's basically what the Jews and the Pharisees had done. They looked at the outward appearance of Jesus. They looked at his parents. They looked at where they thought he was from. And they didn't know as much about him as they thought. Because if they would have really looked, they would have found out he was born in Bethlehem. He wasn't born in Galilee. They said there was no prophets from Galilee, but there were several prophets from Galilee. I don't know where they decided that no prophet had ever come out of Galilee, but they made up their minds and they decided what they wanted to believe. And and it's the same today that, that people make up their minds what they want to believe about someone or about Jesus. And that's what I've been saying all along is that this Jesus of the Bible is not a lot of times what gets taught in some of the churches and for some reason or another, remember these guys, these Pharisees, the ones that hate Jesus and are going to ultimately kill Him, who are they? They are the religious authorities. They are the highest of the high people. But you know what, is, what has happened? They have grown to like the popularity. They have grown to like the power. They have grown to like being in charge of everything and everybody looking to them and they don't want to give that power up to Jesus and today a lot of 
preachers today are like that anymore. It's always been that way. That people like the power, they like the popularity. Who doesn't like power and who doesn't like popularity? But they get to liking it so much that they forget who the Jesus of the Bible is and they start teaching the Jesus of their own making. And it's easy to be popular. But the Bible says that we need to be a prophet. The prophets told the people the truth whether they like to hear it or not. And, and that's what I try to do. I'm not saying I'm a prophet, but I'm just saying that, that this Bible is the truth. And we need to realize that we need to really, really look and see who this Jesus is. That He is God. That He is has come down from heaven as He says. You both know me and you know where I'm from. Basically what he's saying, so you think you know me, huh? You know where I've come from? She okay, sure. <laughs> he says, and I have not come of myself. But he who sent me is true. He says, I didn't come on my own authority again. He says, the one who sent me is true. He's the true God. Him you do not know. You don't know the real God. But I know him, for I am from him, and he sent me. See, if you really want to know if somebody knows God, so many people today claim that they know God, that they're going to heaven and I know about God and this, that, and the other, but do they know who the Jesus of the Bible is? And is it really the Jesus of the Bible? And that's what Jesus keeps telling them over and over and over again, that I'm not who you think I am. Look beyond the superficiality of what the world says about Jesus. Look beyond who they say He is. That He's this health, wealth, and prosperity Jesus. He's the one that came to heal us and to make us happy and all these other things. But look and see that Jesus is the one who came to die for our sins. He's the Holy One of God. He's the one who loves us and He loved us so much that He came down to earth to die for our sins on the cross. And John, when he gets to verse chapter 17, chapter 17, he's going to say, this is eternal life that they may know You, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom You have sent. Eternal life is not a place. We, we hear about heaven and heaven's where we're going if we've been saved but eternal life starts right here right now do you know that eternal life is here because jesus said i come that you might have life and life abundantly that you might have joy and that you might have peace and so he came to give us those things and he says the kingdom of god is at hand is what he says in one place and so the kingdom of God is right here, right now. And we don't fully and completely get everything we're going to get in heaven, but we just get a small taste of what heaven's going to be like as long as we're saved. But those that are not saved, they don't have that joy. They don't can't have that peace. They can't have that abundant life. Jesus just says, really look and see who I am. And have you really thought about how great God is? And how wonderful Jesus is. 
and how loving He is and how kind and how merciful and how just, man, you could just sit here all day long and, and, and talk about all the wonderful things that Jesus has done for us. Because none of us deserve heaven. We can't pay for it. We can't earn it. We can't deserve it. You told me the song, Jesus paid it all, right? Because Jesus paid it all, all to Him I owe. I was listening to a guy on the way over here and this morning he says, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. He said, what if it was turned around the other way? He said, whoever's praising the Lord will have breath. <laughs> that would be a little bit different, wouldn't it? So he says, how many of y'all be breathing right now? <laughs> so, Jesus is worthy of praise and honor and glory. And He came from heaven. And we need to realize that. So the person that says they know God, but they don't like the Jesus of the Bible, unfortunately, they're not headed to heaven. Unfortunately, they don't know the Father. Because Jesus said, none comes to the Father but by Me. And unless you know Me, you don't know the Father. So, let's move on for a minute to verse 30. It says, Therefore, they sought to take Him, but no one laid a hand on Him because His hour had not yet come. So they tried to kill Him again. Here one more time, they've tried to kill Him. And the Bible says it was not His time. His hour had not yet come. Jesus came. He was on a divine timetable. He wasn't going to die until it was time to die. He was to die on that cross at the same time that those Passover lambs were dying because the Bible says in John 1.29 that Jesus was the Lamb of God to take away the sin of the world. And it says in verse 31, And many of the people believed in Him. See, He's still crying out, saying, Believe in Me. Trust in Me. No matter how many times these people mistreat Him, no matter how many times they hate Him, no matter how many times they try to kill Him, He's still seeking and saving that which is lost. And He does that today. And that's why He tells us to love our enemies, to pray for those who curse us and to spitefully use us. Because He was mistreated, worse than any of us have ever thought about being mistreated, and yet He loves us anyway. And it says, And many of the people believed in Him, verse 31, and said, when the Christ comes, will He do more signs than these which this man has done? In other words, what more do we need to see? The Christ, is He going to do more signs than this guy's done? And they believed on Him and they trusted in Him as their Savior. And, and verse 32, the Pharisees heard the crowd murmuring these things concerning Him. And the Pharisees and the chief priests sent officers to take Him, to arrest Him, basically. They, they wanted Jesus arrested because He was saying He was God. They were wanting Him killed. They were wanting something to be done about Him because the people were leaving them and headed to Jesus. And in verse 33, Jesus then Jesus said to them, I shall be with you a little longer, and then I go to Him who sent me. You will seek me and you will not find me. And where I am, you cannot come. So Jesus said, I'm going to be with you a little while longer. 
And then I'm going to go back to heaven where I came from. And then you're going to seek me. And where I am, you cannot come. See, go all the way back. All these chapters we've been looking at. All these people that didn't believe in Jesus. I've heard this ever since I've been a Christian. That that because people won't believe who Jesus is, they get to the place where they can't believe. That's what he said in John chapter 7 earlier. If you're willing to know who I am, then you'll find out who I am. If you really don't want to know who I am, then you won't know who I am. That, that's, and that's why Jesus told all the parables. That's why Jesus said all those hard things He said in chapter 6 about eat my flesh and drink my blood. He really wasn't saying eat my flesh and drink my blood. He was saying take me into you. Just as water and bread sustained you in the wilderness, I am the sustainer forever. I am the one who gives you life. Go back to John chapter 1, verse 4. He says, In Him was life. And that life was the light of men. He gives us life. And then He gives us light, which is truth and righteousness and holiness. And then He says, You'll seek Me. And I started thinking about that word, seek. And I'm not going to bore you with all the places, that, but if you get a chance, look in the back of your Bible and look up that word seek. And He says in Proverbs 1.28, They will call on Me. Then they will call on Me, but I, I will not answer. They will seek Me, but they will not find Me. And Proverbs 8.17 says, I love those who love Me, and those who seek Me diligently will find Me. Jeremiah 29 and 13. These are all Old Testament verses. He says, You will seek Me and find Me when you seek Me with all your heart. In other words, if you really want Me, I'm there. He says, Amos 5.4 For thus says the Lord to the house of Israel, Seek Me and live. And... So I did a study on John too and it was in the book of John about 15 times too. And he was talking about these people seeking the wrong kind of honor. They weren't seeking the right things or sometimes they were seeking him. When the disciples first came to him, he says, why do you seek me? Why are you following me? What do you want literally? And that's what Jesus wants to know. Today is why are we seeking Him? Why are we following Him? And unless we're following Him for the right reason, then we won't really know the real Jesus. And that's what He tells them here. You're not going to find Me because you're not really seeking Me for who I really am. But then when you go to seek Me, you're not going to find Me because you've already missed your chance. You weren't willing to know Me for who I am. And then he said to the Jews in verse 35, or excuse me, then the Jews said among themselves, where does he intend to go that we shall not find him? Does he intend to go to the dispersion among the Greeks and teach the Greeks? Uh, basically what he says is they were kind of prophesying. They were saying, does he go and intend to teach the, the Gentiles, everybody that's not a Jew? Does he intend to go to those people who've been scattered all around? And it was really a prophecy. 
Because that was what he intended. I mean, isn't that what the Bible says? That, that the Jew and the Gentile have become one. That we are to go to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, the uttermost parts of the earth. And in verse 36, it's, it says, What is this thing that he said? You will seek me and not find me. And where I am, you cannot come. See, they, they still don't understand. They still don't get it. That Jesus wants them to seek Him with all their heart. With the heart, we, we talk about the heart. And the Bible talks about the heart all the time. It's not talking about your, your, your pitter-patter up here. It's talking about your insides, your bowels, your belly, your innermost being. If you seek Me with your whole being... You will find me. If you want to know who I am, you will find me. And I've told people that before. I've heard it and I've said it. And I've said it like this. If you really want to know who Jesus is, ask Him to reveal Himself to you. And He will show Himself to you. But if you don't want to know who He is, He's not going to show Himself to you. And that's the thing about God is He he wants us to love Him. For who he really is. The bottom line is, is, folks, are we really seeking Jesus? Do we really want to know him for who he is and what he's done for us? And do we want to praise him and honor him for who he really is? Because that's what he wants. He, he loves us. He died for us. He gives us the gift of eternal life. He gives us joy, peace, abundant life. One day He's going to take us to heaven and everything that belongs to Him is going to belong to us. We think about here on earth and we think about all this junk. But it's all going to be gone and heaven's going to be so much more glorious than anything we could ever think or imagine that's on this earth. And, you know, hell's going to be so much worse than anything we could imagine too. But the bottom line is, is, is seek Him and you will find Him. But if you don't seek Him for who He really is, you won't find Him. He loves you, and He cares for you, and He wants you to know Him for who He is. But the question is, is will we seek Him and find Him for who He really is? Let's pray. Father, we love You, we thank You, we praise You. That you said that if we seek you with our whole heart, with our innermost being, that we will find you. Lord, I thank you that that uh, you drew me and I sought you and, and somehow all that works together. And Lord, uh, we know that you're sovereign, but we also know that we're responsible to trust you and to follow you. So Lord, I pray today that you would help us to diligently seek you, to follow you, to trust you every single day. And if there's even one here today that's not sure if they make it to heaven today, that they would trust you and follow you and seek you with all their heart. Lord, I pray for those that are not here today in this facility that are not seeking you, that are not interested in the real Jesus. And I pray, Lord, that you would draw them unto you, Lord, and save them too. And Father, we love you and we thank you and we praise you for what you've done. In Jesus' name, amen.
Hi, I'm Marty McKenzie with His Love Ministries. Please help us reach out to those the world has forgotten. Everyone we minister to is locked up in some way, shape, or form. Those in the nursing home facilities are locked up in bodies that do not work in a wheelchair or in a bed. We minister to children and youth who are locked up because of behavioral problems. Some have told us we want to have a real family because their parents have lost or given up custody of them. Other kids are locked up because they've committed crimes. We also minister to those locked up at the jails and the prisons, to those locked up in addictions, to drugs, alcohol, depression, and suicidal thoughts, to those locked up in a variety of other things that keep them from becoming who Jesus wants them to be. He came to give us abundant life, joy, and set us free, and these people that we minister to are not free. Our desire is to show them whatever their background, no matter what they've done, to see how much God loves them. We seek to help them receive forgiveness and freedom from their sin in Jesus Christ. We minister in the local area of Savannah, Georgia, and surrounding Effingham and Chatham area. We have recently expanded our ministry to to the Lexington and Columbia, South Carolina area. We do over 2,000 services every year. We hope and pray that you will support us in some way that so we can continue our mission. Go to hisloveministries.net and click on the Donate Now button or send it via regular mail to Post Office Box 1881, Lexington, South Carolina, 29071. We hope and pray that you will do that. Thank you and God bless you. And you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. John 832.